I'm Ben Strivens. He's John O'Scott. Hi. And together we, we watch anything. We trawl the depths of Netflix to find three films of the same genre. Of the same genre. And watch them so you don't have to. I take one, he takes one, and there's one we both watch. So you'll know what's a surprise hit and what's totally good, whatever it is. Morning, afternoon, evening, night time. I do know what it is. It's episode 25 of We Watch wow. Anything. 25. That's 25. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, it is. It's like a nice quarter of a century. Quarter of a century makes a girl think. Absolutely. <laughs> Some like it hot for you there. Um, I like it. Yeah. Uh, and what, what genre are we doing this time, dude? Wow, straight in, straight in with a hammer. Well, straight in because we've got to. There's, there's a problem, isn't there, which we've got to tell people about. Well, there is a there is a tiny problem. <laughs> we knew it would happen minor. eventually, and it's happened. The film that we said we were going to watch is no longer on Netflix or no longer on UK Netflix. We're doing what are we doing? Rom coms, and we said we're last time we were going to watch Aloha. Which looked like a classic us kind of film to watch because it had loads of famous people in it, but no one, no one I knew had ever. And it was directed it. by Cameron Crowe and had just absolutely horrific reviews. <laughs> yeah. And I think I would have quite enjoyed it. Yeah, but me too. And we did ask people to watch it along at home, but it sort of disappeared from Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Just Rather depressingly, there. actually, this this forms a sort of a, a a pairing because the Final Girls, the film I really enjoyed from our slasher episode has also been culled from Netflix. <laughs> oh, no. Although there is something that's quite like, you know, it being a slasher pick, there's something quite cool about the fact that it's been killed. <laughs> yeah, and I and I was in the last podcast I said, "Yes, dude, I'm going to watch Final Girls." And I wanted to sort of say, "I'm sorry because I didn't watch it." But I did finally watch Housebound, which you recommended ages ago. Oh yeah. And I just want to add to your chorus of approval of that that film is fantastic. Anyone who it's really, really good. <laughs> it's really funny and it's just and it stays sort of it stay I mean, I can't remember the last time I watched a film like that, which actually stays good all the way to the Denouement kind yeah, of thing. It's, absolutely. it's got a good final third. It stays sort of witty and fun. And the the horror very, in it is genuinely kiwi. a bit creepy at times. It's really, really good and really quite funny. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Well recommended. Great. I love that movie. It's really good. Um I, while we're on this sort of like mutual watching each other's bits, as it were, <laughs> um, I watched Most Likely To. Oh, Most Likely die. To Die. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think? I didn't hate it anywhere near as much as you did, <laughs> as you sort of predicted I would, because I have a higher tolerance for this kind of shit. <laughs> um, no, I, but really interestingly, because you were saying that it's the kind of thing that would have done quite well had it had the rewrites necessary and been produced at the same time as like um I know we did last summer all that, et cetera, lot, that et post scream lot yeah that's when it was written and apparently it was on the blacklist around then oh really you know, the notorious yeah unproduced great screenplays black blacklist definitely not a great screenplay but um it was uh yeah it, it is it is um what you call it uh temporal buddies with with those movies yeah. so yeah nice connection good spot oh good um I, I, I just thought it was pretty it was pretty lame hmm. but um I didn't not enjoy it. Oh well I'm glad you watched it and I'm glad if you liked yeah. it more than me. Yeah, you're I'm right. quite glad I enjoyed I it. did think you would and I'm glad you have. But I, I still <laughs> think yeah, I don't think I'm gonna rewatch it. No, no, I'm not I'm definitely gonna rewatch it. And this is not an endorsement, people. This is well, unless you just quite like um passing the time with some really schlocker substandard <laughs> slasher pick. Um But saying that, someone does get killed with a mortarboard. Yeah, which doesn't happen every day. No, doesn't happen every day. No, good. Yes, anyway, that is as maybe. We are going to talk about rom-coms, but just before that, I want you to give a couple of quick hellos and recommendations, people. Recommendations. If you are looking for a podcast, doesn't matter whether it's film, TV, Formula One, people chatting about stuff, head over to the Brit pod scene and you might find something there you enjoy. It's a little loose collection of um, of British podcasters. And uh, there's some really, really cracking stuff on there, organised by some really awesome people. Um, and within that lot, a little shout out to the Theme Park Films podcast for suggesting a couple of films that we can tackle. Not going to do it this time around because they're not on Netflix, although I'm trying to organise a way that we can watch this. There is a trilogy of terrible movies that we might enjoy. Okay, um, sounds good. And a shout out to the uh, the lads from Quotal Recall as well, who've uh, 
been uh, very supportive. Anyway, Jono, you picked the rom-coms. One of them fell flat. We did a bit of jiggery-pokery, placed it around. Yeah. How about you just uh, hit that rom-com launch pad and tell us what movie you watched and uh, how awesome it was. Okay, I watched Maid of Honor from 2008, directed by Paul... No, uh, sorry, sorry, I'll start again. Hi, everyone. I watched uh, Maid of Honor from 2008. And, um, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I watched. It's got Patrick Dempsey. It's got... Uh, you like Patrick Dempsey. Yeah, I like Patrick Dempsey very much as well. And it's got Michelle Monaghan. Is that how you say her? Michelle Monaghan? Do you know it her? Sounds about right. Yeah. I know the name, but I can't picture her. Who's Michelle Monaghan? Well, she's... she's You'd recognise her. I come try, I was, yeah. I'm suddenly like it's, I've had a complete mental block about what else she's been in. But and, and another key key role is Kevin McKidd from um, Rome and Dog Soldiers and stuff. Oh yeah yeah yeah, Scottish cool. actor who I yeah, really yeah, yeah. really really love in Rome, and I really 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 love in Dog Soldiers. But I have a yes, huge soft spot you, for Dog Soldiers that you I don't know share you do, with I me. Think it's, no, I think it's dog toffee. <laughs> it's. Um, it is unfortunately just a bit rubbish. I have a lot of problem Wrong. with a lot of werewolf movies not being very good. Well, that's the last werewolf movie I've really, really loved, I think. I, oh. I'm, and I really love it. And the, the weird thing is, you know, like it's just a classic old man memory going point. I thought you recommended Dog Soldiers to me, but I think you must I, have not. <laughs> I think I probably pre-recommended Dog Soldiers to you because mm-hmm. I was really excited to see it. Hmm. And I imagine I said to you, come on, this is going to be awesome. And then I watched it and went, oh, no, it's not really. Right. I think you should watch it again. I think you'd like I've it. I've tried. I've, I've tried to give it a good... How can you uh, not like it? I mean, the ridiculous oh, army banter that... at the beginning is awful. No, look, there are bits of it which are quite enjoyable, but it's just, just once the werewolves start coming out, and you go, oh, God, it's not very good. Mm. Those werewolves look rubbish. Oh, I like the rubbishness. I like them just being... Anyway, we've got to stop... We're talking about horror. This is rom-coms. Sorry, I've let... This is rom-coms. Right. Definitely not horror. This is a Patrick Dempsey-fronted rom-com called um made to measure or something made of honor and it's made from... of honor yes yeah, when you first told me you're doing this i, I immediately thought of made in manhattan which is <laughs> oh, yeah. terrible um <laughs> yeah. j-lo thing but no this no, is so made of honor and right i'm gonna crack on here we go this is the plot of made of honor the film starts um sort of uh, 10 years in the past at a frat party and you okay. see patrick dempsey only just carrying off someone who's young enough to be at a frat party but there he is and um, you learn he's having it, it's lots of over the top fun with booze and stuff. And he's going to a room where he's prearranged. Yes. Where he's prearranged to meet a girl and um, right. to have the, the, the fun times with. Anyway, he, mm. he goes into this room and there's a girl in bed and he starts sort of creeping up against her in that way. And um, and it turns out it's not the right girl. It's the wrong girl. And it's Michelle Monaghan. Oh, right. Okay. Does she object? And she objects and goes, get off me, because basically, you know, there's been a misunderstanding. It's it's her roommate that he's he was supposed to meet and blah, blah, blah. Okay. But anyway, you see a bit more of this scene and they, 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 they go downstairs, they have a coffee, there's general banter between them. And she's really honest with him, you know, saying that she doesn't fancy him at all. He's a ball bag, whatever. And he likes right. her honesty sort of thing. At the same time, he muses about the idea that um, people need that coffees are hot and you need a little coffee collar, a cardboard thing round coffee. That doesn't sound like an important thing, but basically it's 10 years on then. Okay, that's the, that's okay. the scene setting scene. They become friends. It's 10 years on and he is now the same guy, but 10 years older and he's a wealthy playboy because his coffee collar idea, it was his idea. And every time someone goes to Starbucks or whatever and has one of those little coffee cardboard things to hold coffees with, he gets a dime. So he's now a wealthy playboy. And, and he's like the flugel binder. Yes, exactly. And he's um, and he's still the same character he was in the first bit. But basically, he's got these rules. He's got these rules about. So he's not into long-term relationships. He has, like, his rules are, I didn't write all of them down, but I wrote down a couple. So he has, he never has sex with the same girl again, you know, over over a few days. He never dates the same girl unless there's been a week apart. He never, he never calls someone new in the next 24 hours or something. He never, he never brings the girls that he sleeps with to weddings or family events. You know, so basically, he's just he he's this kind of character. And at the beginning of the film, this was a problem because it's just, you know, just like I don't want to want I don't want to watch a film about a knob, and you sound like a knob. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, but he's still friends with Michelle 
Monaghan. So they still have this, you know, this when Harry met Sally type relationship where they're, they're just friends, you know. Okay, yeah. And um, she's honest with him and he liked that. And they have this beautiful, friendly, friendly, friendly relationship. And they go eat together in New York eateries. This is a very New York film. It's all set in New York. Sure. Um, and there's quite a few more scene setting scenes. But then the, the, the big shift happens when she, she her business, um, her, 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 her career takes her to Scotland. Mm-hmm. And while she's away, he realises that he misses her. But not only that, that he has developed feelings for her. Right. And then in a scene quite reminiscent of, um, do you remember that Friends episode where David Schwimmer returns and Rachel has found out that he's always loved her and she decides that she has feelings for him. But then it turns out that he's suddenly comes back with Julie, an unexpected girlfriend at the airport. Do you remember yes. that? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite a yeah, crux I do. I think I do. moment, yeah. I think, at the end of season one or two. I can't remember. But anyway, it's a bit like that, that suddenly she comes back from Scotland and, wouldn't you know it, she's met the love of her life while she's been over there. So he's just about right. to declare undying love for her when she comes along with this new Scottish boyfriend, not only a Scottish boyfriend, but they're engaged to be married. O-M-G. Exactly. And that's, um, what's his name from Rome and Dog Soldiers? Rome, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so, and then, in a weird twist, because they're sort of, you know, best friends, um, she asks him, Patrick Dempsey, to be her maid of honour. Oh, I see. Hence, yeah, and so that's the title, and that's the thing. And so that's... And the... I'm guessing then he tries to spend the rest of the movie sabotaging. Exactly. So that's the setup. Yeah. He's got to make the perfect wedding for her, in mm. theory, but in fact he wants to... He wants to steal the bride, you know, so. Yes. Um, so that's the setup. Um, Lovely. Yeah. yeah I mean, nice, uh, totally and utterly ridiculous premise as yeah. you in a good rom-com. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's about, it's an hour and 40 minutes long. And okay. um, one aspect that I definitely didn't like is that like the playboys, Patrick Dempsey's dad is played by Sidney Pollack. Pollock. Oh. Pollack. I never know how you say whether it's Pollack Pollock. or Pollock. Right. But either way. I really like Sidney Pollock, and this was his last role. But he plays his dad, and he's—it's a, he, a sort of just a bit of a caricature because he's like had like been married eight times, and there's this ridiculous uh, scene. So he's like classic playboy dad. Yeah, and there's this ridiculous scene when he's about to get married again, and he's on the phone to his bride's lawyer while she's in the car about to enter the marriage, while they're still having prenup kind of negotiations about the type number of times she's got to have sex with him in a week or something, and it just oh, seemed God. a bit bloody stupid. Yes. And although I, I thought Sydney Sydney P was great in this film, and it, it just it just I didn't you didn't get anything from that character. And I thought if they'd shaved away that character, it would have cut fifteen minutes off the film, and it probably yeah. would have been better. Um, there's also oh, like that's a shame. So I've met him by the way; he's lovely. Oh really? Well, he was anyway. Yeah. yeah. Gonna, oh, that's that's nice. Mm. Yeah. And um, and also there are these scenes where so he's got his um. His entourage of maids, um, Patrick Dempsey has. And at first I found them quite irritating, but they did grow on me a bit, but they play basketball a lot. But Are they this... still quite fratty? No, they're, no, they're not too bad. They're more like the ones out of entourage. Oh, actually, I say that. I've never seen entourage. So no, <laughs> I imagine no. the ones out of entourage are. <laughs> That's a completely <laughs> pointless thing to say. Um, but anyway, they, but there's this other comedy character who's like always at the basketball courts, but isn't one of their mates. And he's really weedy. And you can tell that the people who made this film really think this sort of weedy guy who's really trying to be one of their mates is comedy gold. But oh, he really God. isn't. I mean, he didn't even raise a chuckle in me. I just thought, this is lame. And again, I, th- I think they should have been cut. Nothing against the actor who plays him. I can't remember who it is, but it's just, it's just really not funny. Is it sort of DJ Qualls-y kind of person? Yeah, a little bit like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But not him. But um, Yeah. Anyway, so it's got a lot in common with... Um, when Harry met Sally, you know, as, as in it's it's in New York, it's it's got scenes with mates bonding over sports. It's got a man with a strong set of rules. It's got yeah. a man and a woman who are definitely just friends, all seen over a relatively long period of time. Um, and I really, really quite enjoyed it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was going to be building up to a, but it's not. No, when Harry met Sally, because frankly. Nothing, Nothing is. is when Harry met Sally. No, exactly. Yeah. No, it was weird. Like the first twenty minutes of this, I was thinking, "Oh, this is awful." Just because it seemed to be, as I say, a film about a knob, and um, and I just, but I don't. It just won me over. 
Oh, nice. And it's really silly. I mean, it get the scene, the 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 action, as it were, moves to Scotland, and I mean. The Scottishness is ridiculous. I mean, there's there's there's, there's a freaking caber toss, <laughs> and there's also like there's this bit when they kind does of, everyone wear a kilt? Yeah, there's loads of kilt wearing because he's sort of like a bit of he's a bit of a Scottish duke, um, but it's really hammed up Scottishness. There's a there's a line where they have to explain who Robert Burns is. There's a joke about Athol's the name, as in we come from a long line of Athol's. That made to sound a bit like arthholes kind of things. Oh right, yeah, yes, yeah, I see. yeah. Yes. And it's got loads of really lame bits, but I just found myself in that good, really good rom com wave, just being quite <laughs> sort of swept along with the stupidity. And like Patrick Dempsey at first, as I say, I was finding him really irritating, but there was a bit of chemistry between him and her. And I found myself yeah. once. He oh, that's good. If once he chemistry started, goes being, a long way. Exactly, and once he started being, you know, I was hard to like a, a <laughs> incredibly rich man. <laughs> but I don't know. I just did find myself rooting for him a bit, and um, yeah, and I kind of just enjoyed the stupidity um, of the whole thing, really. Um, but it, oh, I mean, cool. yeah, I mean, it's got this painful wedding shower shower scene where he's organised the perfect wedding shower, and then he's sort of been tricked because some of the other bridesmaids, one of them he slept with in the past, and so she's like an enemy bridesmaid, and she oh, right. tricks him into by mistake booking instead of. Um, Oh, instead of some kind of entertainment, it's someone who's there to sell basically erotic toys, you know. And um, there's a bit when the bride's granny ends up with, ba- uh, uh, you know, she thinks these anal beads are a necklace and puts them <laughs> around her neck, and it's all fairly, yeah. <laughs> it's quite funny. That sounds like it could be marginally amusing if it's done right. It's sort of, you know. Yeah, I don't know whether it's done right. It's just I just know that I was enjoying it, but um. Yeah. Oh, fine. Oh, I thought that was a negative. Yeah, well, it sort of was. I mean, it was. It was. I mean, it was terrible, but I kind of liked it anyway. This is what I'm saying. It was just like it's terrible, but I, was, I was just, I was just, I was just there enjoying the ride. Um, and I've got. Oh, I'm, I'm convinced now. Yeah, I think, I think you'd love it, dude. To be honest. Oh, I really think you should watch it, it. Is it okay on a scale of? I think the rom com I like that is most utterly awful and ridiculous that I just. Love with a passion is only you. Yeah. So where does it live in the world of only you? Oh man, is it as bad as only you? Or is it worse than only you, or better than? I find it hard to say. When taken Look, intrinsically as a film. Have Have you seen? Sorry, I'm going to slightly go away from that. Have you seen Leap Year? No, I didn't uh, think I could face Leap uh, Year because Leap Year, I thought I could barely get through. This is in a similar thing to leap year but i found this better than leap year and that's because i feel like the leads have more charm because leap year Uh, i found pretty unwatchable only you i don't know dude it's hard to say i think i think this is similar to leap years and it's uh, sorry uh, only you in that it's terrible but i don't know i just i just quite enjoyed going along with it well this is the thing like only you is unwatchable apart from the fact that you've got marisa tomei who's just wonderful Mm. and robert downey jr who's brilliant Mm. and um a great uh, great random cameos from people. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this has got a good supporting cast. <laughs> I don't know. I but, just really quite like. No, no, no. Like, chemistry is so important, man. Like the Adjustment yeah. Bureau, obviously not a rom com, but no. quite rommy. And the chemistry between Emily Blunt and um, Matt Damon is just astoundingly good, and it makes it carries that whole movie with it. You know, a good bit of chemistry between your leads, especially in a rom com, obviously. You know, this goes a long way. Exactly. And I think one thing I'd say is that if you remember the last time we did rom-coms, which was a very long time ago now, I took yes. um, Accidental Love. which yes. And I was so in the mood for a rom-com that time. And I think in ways I'm still scarred by how disappointing that was. You know, because that was a um, it was a kind of sat- satirical, off-the-wall, offbeat, not very good comedy about Obamacare yeah. or about healthcare, which is an important issue, don't get me wrong, but... Oh my god, it's a terrible film, and I was st- and I was still scarred by that. So I think the the pleasure of thinking once I was you know once I was through the first twenty minutes of this, realizing I am in rom com land, and it was proper <laughs> rom com land, and it felt you know I was just so pleased to be in that world where it was occupied. I just got that classic thing because it's from two thousand and eight, and it's got that classic thing where their phone you know because iPhone launched in two thousand seven, didn't it? Just everyone it yeah. seems sort of bizarrely modern, but everyone's got these really old clunky phones, which I quite enjoy. <laughs> but um yeah, it's terrible, but I th- I think you should watch it and I think you would like it. And I would give it a C plus with lots of love. Ooh, I do like C plus. I'm gonna watch this again, I think. Really? Yeah, I think I will, yeah. Double watching. Love it. Yeah. Oh okay, I'm definitely on it. i I will watch it at some point this week. Yeah. My 
on my long tragedy commute, I will I will slap that on the iPad. Yeah. Do you want to hear a bit of best line, worst line? Oh yes, I do. Best line, me. Well, or worst line. Well, the thing is, no, I'm first. going to give you a line. This this is basically a worst line, and it's also the best line, and it sort of encapsulates everything about this film because this script is so stupid at times, but it sort of pushes through the gores of of stupidity into a world that I can kind of live with. Anyway, there's this bit when he's bonding, he's supposed to be bonding with the Scottish fiance that's just turned up and he's sort of, yeah. and he's sort of basically introducing him to the basket, his basketball playing mates. And one of the basketball playing mates is making chit chat with the Scottish dude. And he says, so are you more proud of Scotch tape or McDonald's? And the Scottish guys goes, I think they're both American. That's such a bad joke. It's like, it doesn't make any sense. It's really stupid. So that's what I mean. That's the worst line. But it's kind of, it's kind of what this, this that, that summarises what this feels like. It's just so stupid. And as well, that whole scene, actually, just to talk a little bit longer about that scene, is it like, so they're trying to sort of like slightly, you know, get the, get the, the measure of this Scottish guy. Yeah. And they're trying to slightly intimidate him with basketball. And he sort of just goes, and he goes, oh, have you ever played basketball? And he goes, oh, well, where I'm from, this is a, called netball and it's a bit of a girls' game. She's like, what? Scottish people have heard of basketball. It's Scottish just people ridiculous. Definitely play basketball. <laughs> Where I'm from, this is netball. What? Shut up. It's total no, balls. It's not. People play basketball yes. everywhere. And it's just, yeah, it's ridiculous. But again, I quite liked it. Oh, nice one, Johnny. Well, yeah, excited. Definitely excited. And that leads me straight. Well, not even a windy, windy, twisty road to mine, because it's just another rom-com. Um, so, after we did our mix and match, I initially watched the film we were going to watch, the combo movie is mine. Mm-hmm. Then we switched that to the combo, so I, I adopted Fool's Rush In. Fool's Rush In, fantastic. Fool's Rush In, a 1997 rom-com. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Directed um, by someone who has an excellent pedigree because he went on to direct another corker of a rom-com Ever After oh okay not seen what you've not seen Ever After I don't think so how have you not seen Ever After it's fabulous well remind me who's in Ever After uh, it's Drew Barrymore it's Doug Ray Scott it's Angelica Houston as the horrible stepmother oh okay cool um, and it's brilliant it's really 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 good so um, you should go and watch that because that's another absolutely quality rom-com so a guy called Andy Tennant directed that and directed but the, the rom-com we made before ever after was um Fool's Rush In right okay we have a very you've already mentioned Friends and this is a Matthew Perry vehicle oh good yes it is a Chandler Bing tip so we're, we're in 1997 we've got Matthew Perry we've got Salma Hayek as the uh, female lead oh yeah I like her and essentially this is sort of a um it's a rom-com and it comes at it from the, the the culture clash angle. So Matthew Perry is some sort of thrusting exec gets sent out as kind of like gets sent out to his his company appear to make nightclubs and he gets sent out to oversee the 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 creation of the nightclub, right? Um and Salma Hayek, however, is a Mexican. And that's what you know about it right at the beginning, is that she is Mexican, right? Um, but it turns out that she lives in Vegas, um, and it subsequently turns out that she's a photographer in Vegas. She has a conversation with someone about going to Vegas, and then he gets summoned into an office and gets sent to Vegas. Right. Something tells me they might get together. <laughs> anyway, they um, do. They meet at a bar, um, have a conversation about we, and then have the they did. They do something which I really liked, actually, is there's a sex scene that isn't a sex scene at all. Right. So you see them meet in a bar and start to talk, and then you see them waking up the next morning. Okay. Or you see her waking up the next morning, because she basically wakes up, goes gulp, and runs away. And then Matthew Perry continues being him, and she turns back up at his house three months later, and says, anyway, so I'm pregnant. Ah. And to cut a long story short, they get married that night. How far through this movie to... are we here at this point? Oh, I think we're probably like half an hour in, 25 okay. minutes in. Okay. So they get they can do a quickie Vegas wedding, basically. 
um, and she gets given away by Elvis, who tries to snog her. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ha, ha, ha. Um, and all throughout this, yeah, Matthew Perry does keep doing the sort of slightly hoo, ah, hoo, ha, hoo, yeah. Matthew Perry thing. Um, and then they get, yeah, so they get married, and then uh, the rest of the movie is sort of like, hold on, but you're from this like big Mexican family, and I'm a guy from New York who doesn't really talk to his family. And we've got married, and now we have to live together, and now we have to work out how we spend the rest of our lives. So that, that's that's sort of it in a nutshell. And, you know, will they, won't they, do they, don't they, will it work kind of thing. Does this love at first sight thing. Mm. Or not love at first sight, but uh, does this fate thing. Before you get to your review, together. I mean, it has to be said that um, I definitely have a huge soft spot for f- f- my favourite Friends episodes and my favourite Friends moments. And I was not the world's number one fan, but I liked it very much at times. But it has to be said that the majority of Friends-related movies, you know, weren't very good, in my experience. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so... I think I quite remembered the whole... I think I remember the whole Nine Yards being quite enjoyable. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, And I have a bit of a soft spot for Jennifer Aniston, because she's been in some good stuff, and she is quite a good actress, I think. Oh, I think they're all good actors and performers in different ways. I, you know, I, I think, yeah, I think, I think I've got respect, and but I, I don't know, hmm. just they've not been very many good films. No, that's fair enough. But he, I mean, he's not, he's definitely not as uptight as Chandler Bing hmm. in this. He's a bit more like laid back and cash, but he's still, you know, slightly corporate. Yeah. Anyway, so the whole movie opens in a very, you know, some may call it cynical. I just go, yay. Um, opens in New York with carol music, uh, with an ice rink and snow falling. And I'm like, yay, it's Christmas, oh, it's wow. New York. You've already got me. This is fine. I'm definitely going to enjoy this. Music by Alan Silvestri. Cool. And like, great. There's an awesome score. Um, and they, it sort of um, pans, yeah, pans across an ice rink. And then it sort of quite hard cuts to Salma Hayek. Drifting down a river in an inner tube. I was not expecting in, that. No, in Mexico. Uh, yeah, in Mexico, sort of being all hot. Um, and that's when she has a conversation with two little boys about she's going to be in Mexico. And she and they ask her whether she's going to marry the police officer who you have not met yet. Um, and then it comes back again to Christmas. Like, yay, we're back to Christmas again. Woohoo, Christmas, yay. Um, and then there's Matthew Perry weaving his way through a sort of classic uh, New Yorky lobby with everyone streaming out. And he's holding an enormous marlin, um, which he then presses the elevator door with, with the big snouty pointy nose, which is all a bit like, haha, look, comedy, marlin fish. And But, you know, I'm never going to put down someone using a big fish for comedy. No. And um, and then there's a, then he goes upstairs and they have a chat with him and his buddy. And he's meant to be, oh, yes, as he walks down the hallway, he's sort of, he's on some sort of, um, and he's got his headphones on and he's learning Japanese. So we presume that he is going to Japan. And once he gets to the office, he finds out he's not going to Japan. Someone else has been given that gig. He's been given the gig in Vegas, which he's a bit utterly disappointed by. Then his friend points out, actually, it's a really good thing. And if he gets that, then he'll he'll probably be the stepping stone to the, you know, mega um, promotion or whatever. Yeah. You know, then a montage. Oh, good. We get an atypical Vegas montage, though. We get sort of a mix between him on his way there. We get Salma Hayek driving there. Um, and there's a nice shot of her going over the bit. There's a board, there's a line by the Hooper Dam where it says Nevada, Arizona, and she crosses over that. Um, but and it's loads. But then you get the classic, like the shots of the Luxor, the shots of the Grand, all that kind of thing. Yeah. Or the you know the, the Hard Rock. Da 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 da. But um, rather bizarrely, to Jailhouse Rock. Oh. As opposed to some crooner kind of yeah. thing. Oh, you know, so you're going okay. Well, he's doing something different. I quite quite like that. It's, it's still montage Vegas. So yeah. You get there and, you know, quite soon after they both arrive in Vegas, they meet in this bar and she is on the phone basically telling her people back home that she's going to break up with this cop and then he overhears that and then she tries to cut into the bathroom line and he lets her because she's quite charming and they have a conversation about weeing. <laughs> um, and then that's when we like, yeah, then we sort of cut to them waking up the next morning, which is great. I really like that. And she takes him home to the, the massive family dinner. Her dad is suitably... Uh, terrifying and evil. Good. Um, and her, Matthew Perry makes some sort of classically Chandlery style bad gags that don't go down very well. Um, but I do like the comically evil dad. And then yeah, he gets to see the baby. They they have this sort of um, the 
they have the Vegas style wedding, and he tells her that he is told he, he would he would have told his parents, but they're on a trip to Europe, which uh, turns out later to be a lie. It's quite an obvious lie when he's telling her. And then there's, it sort of progresses on, and him and his buddy and her and her roommate, whose name I can't remember, but she is in um, Men in Black. Okay, don't like that film. Never um, have. Don't understand why I really, people like I have it. A, I have a strange soft spot for it, yeah. but she's the woman who's... Never got it. She's like, he's in an Edgar suit. Oh, yeah. Okay, um, yeah, I know who her. you mean. Yeah. yeah, she's quite funny. She's in a bunch of things. She's quite funny. And then... Uh, they have this sort of big thing, like you know, this is like second, third date, and he goes, "Well, we're going to live in New York," and she's like, "Hell no, we're going to stay here in Las Vegas." He's like, "Hell no, we're going to live in New York." So they have this like their first little, "Oh no, look, things aren't quite as easy as it seems when you get married overnight in Vegas to a woman who's three months pregnant from Mexico." Yeah, um, which I would assume already actually beforehand that that wouldn't be the easiest thing. Weird, <laughs> isn't it? Um, and then that sort of, you know, it all trots along and things are going quite rosily and actually they're, they're quite loved up and it's all a bit all a bit great. And then his parents turn up because there's a recurring character because it turns out his parents are quite, um, they're quite waspy. Right. Okay. Waspy. Yeah, like um, white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. Oh, I see. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. They're quite, um, you know, blue blood American mm. family kind of thing. The dad, I don't know. The mum is the same person as christian week's mum in bridesmaids oh. alison lomax I think. yeah 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 lomax. wasn't she um, in, that, in that sports movie you liked yes she was she was she was yes yeah and she's great and they come down Semi-pro. and oh. it called? something like that oh we've got to remember what it's called now. sorry i shouldn't have mentioned it we didn't remember what it's called um rough necessary roughness no rough and tumble <laughs> you can't ask me this you know i'm I terrible know. Sorry, terrible dude. terrible at oh, forget it forget it go on Burt Reynolds, just just someone Google Burt Reynolds <sighs> and Chris Christopherson and you'll find it. Okay. Um, anyway, the uh, they turn up and they assume that she's his cleaner. Yeah. Okay. Being sort of quite waspy and just casually racist, um, and they sort of get into this big argument, and uh, they, Matthew Perry and her go up. She says a couple of things I can't remember, um, and then she goes up. She she gets really grumpy because she's she's got the idea that he hasn't told them that they're married as he tells them and they're just an utter picture of shock you know so then they they do this thing where they get the families together and um it's just a bit painfully obvious that the dads sort of are both going i think this is a terrible idea oh they find common ground that way and the mother's both going i think it's a wonderful beautiful idea only only ended by the dad just being enormously racist and saying uttering the words the white people out here are really really hot <laughs> And because they're in the they're in the sun and it's Vegas and it's the hottest place. In the yeah, world. yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. And then cue them at the airport, just very, very red sunburned. Ha ha ha. Um, anyway, it just sort of carries on in this vein, really, until uh, he has a couple of problems at the construction site, and he says to his boss, "Look, I can get this done in three weeks." And his boss goes, "I know you can. You're awesome." And you get this done in three weeks, and then a week later, I want you back here working on this club in New York. Now he's already promised Salma Hayek that he's going to stick around till the baby. They're going to stick around till the baby's born in October. Yeah, and then then they'll move to New York. She's cool with that. Um, but this is July, and he doesn't tell her for some. Well, he's just he's too scared to tell her. And then they have the opening night of the club, and the boss goes, "Okay, so uh, we're coming to New York." She goes, "Right, you just go off to New York, and I, there's never meant to be." And then they start getting the divorce together, and then it's like, "Oh, will they? How they get together?" And you know, blah blah blah. Right. I've got a very clear idea of what went down, but I'm still not quite sure what you thought of it. No, because neither am I. <laughs> really? Right. Okay, well, I definitely I get that impression. Honestly, don't know, because I didn't hate it. I spectacularly didn't hate it. I loved the opening. Oh, cool. And there's bits at the end that I really liked. There's a point where you go, this is utterly cheese. It's utterly what you know is going to happen, but you've done it quite nicely. Mm. And there's bits with, you know, Matthew Perry in the rain and the heat and the things. And he does this sort of slightly planes, trains and automobiles trek to get from Vegas to go and meet her. Because mm. he goes from he goes from New York to this, you know, tiny one horse town in Mexico and then finds out she's already left and she's gone to Vegas. He goes back and blah, 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 ping, blah, ping, blah, 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 blah. Um, and that's all quite sweet and quite nice. And there are a couple of like not bad gags in it. And there are some people I quite like in it. But it is terribly formulaic, and there's some bits that are terribly contrived and fall terribly flat. Like her comically bad dad is great, but then his parents are a bit, 
Um, Did you find him funny? Well, this is the thing. Because this I is one of the problems, isn't it? Like, it's whether they're... Because they're, Chandler in Friends could be incredibly funny. Yes, but I think there is a bit too much of him doing the sort of Chandler physical comedy mm. that doesn't quite work for this. And I think it comes down to... Actually, I just, I'm not convinced that... It's not awful, their chemistry, but it's not that great either. And that's what really... Why I can't throw... I think I like bits of the film... Mm. Almost that weren't containing them. Mm. And I wasn't desperately rooting for them to get back together, but I sort of was. It's Look, it's a C minus. C minus. Because okay. it's not terrible. It's not great. Mm. It's not meh even, because there's bits of it. Like, like, honestly, actually, you know what? Just watch the first five, ten minutes. Get that little Christmassy bit, and then you go, you'll forgive this film an awful lot. And Or if you just want that little buzz of how, someone knows how to set that scene really well, and just watch that. Otherwise, uh, I don't know whether I can picture Salma Hayek and, and what's his name? Matthew Perry Matthew together. Perry, Perry. They don't seem to me like natural bedfellows. Um, no, they don't. They don't. They, it's, as it's in screen chemistry, chemistry I'm t- talking about, not in real life or anything. I'm sure they'd, they'd make a fantastic couple. But yeah, I can't, can't, I can't quite picture it. I'm almost actually wanting to watch it to kind of see how they roll on screen together, actually. I feel like yeah, I'm I, almost interested I would from like you to watch it, mm. just to see whether you really hated it or had no opinion or quite liked it. There is something about it that has a slightly little charming core, which is why I've gone for the C-. minus. Yeah, okay. Um, Good. But there's a possibility that it suffered from a couple of things. I, um, I mean, it's a terrible bit when he's on a donkey. <laughs> is this worst line time? Is this best line worst line time? No, there was just that was just worst scene. He's <laughs> on a donkey and he's obviously jiggling up and down too much and doing the sort of like slightly like oh dear I'm in a bit of trouble face, um, which was terrible. That sounds awful. Um, best line, worst line. The best, or the worst line. They're in that stage where they're not sure how their relationship's going, and then she tells him she takes him out to the Hoover Dam and she takes him out to the Grand Canyon. Those aren't euphemisms, are they? No. <laughs> if only they were. <laughs> um, and she starts telling this legend of whatever about these two things and a thing. And then she says, and this canyon between them. Oh, no. And then he says, he says to her, because it's a legend about the Grand Canyon and these two people on the side of it. And he says, oh, yeah. And this canyon between them, will they ever be able to cross it? Ooh. And it's just so obviously metaphoric and awful and just said with such horrific mock sincerity that I wanted to beat his face into a cloud. <laughs> yeah, that does um, sound bad. And it was quite hard finding a best line. Mm. It's not like a it was not a gold line gold mine for best line. This is I the thing, dude. We've got to keep 40%. best line, worst line fluid. Because there's sometimes there's not a best line or a worst line. Sometimes there are just lines that are a bit meh. Eh, you know. Yeah. So yeah. There was a lot of meh lines. <laughs> yeah. So that being done, I've spent far too much time on a rather average film. <laughs> I think we'd be much better served by skipping to the end and going to our combo picture, which um, is a different beast altogether being set in one city yes. and without. But uh, when I say it's a different beast altogether, there's still a certain culture clash to it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. yeah d- but definitely culture clash. Yes. Shall, shall we get with the title? That's it. It's called... Oh, sorry. The Accidental Husband. Yes. Ooh, what could that be? Yes. A very good rom-com title, I think. Classic rom-com stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, it's from 2008, and it's got and it's directed by Griffin Dunn. I want to get that out there straight away, because that's what I was quite Griffin excited about. Griffin Dunn. Which, and, and we love Griffin Dunn, don't we? We love Griffin Dunn. Yeah. After Hours. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Anyway, um, and it stars uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Is the yes? Now, I this is interesting. You see, I for personal reasons, I was quite excited about this. I was not expecting you to have much history with Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Well, um, I mean, like a lot of people, I first properly came across him through um, the Watchmen, and because he, uh, yes. to me, he's <laughs> it was interesting because I watched the Watchmen, which I really didn't like very much at all. And I, and uh, but I I, I I I just saw him and he looks so much like several other actors and I kept looking at him going who the hell is he who the hell is he and then just Actually, realized he is Jeffrey D Morgan and really he looks quite a like bit like Raoul Julia in a really weird way yeah I mean he looks like he looks like a combination of 
Oh well, whatever. I just it. Took, I remember that he was kept distracting me in Watchmen, and I was like, "Who the hell are you?" But anyway, I thought he was great in that, and I know that he has a big and important role in the latest seasons of um, The Walking Dead, which I've still not watched. But see, which I have, you see, that's why for me he's quite a prominent character at the moment. Yeah, I've been, I've watched all The Walking Dead and um, well, all of it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he's he's been a big thing for the last couple of seasons. Yeah, I'm a, I'm aware of that, um, but. Uh, I, I I mean I I like him very much and um, yeah so do I he's, he's you know there's a lot of debate about him on the Walking Dead whether he's hamming it up more than anyone in history but, oh really uh, I've never read the comics so I don't know no. anyway uh, yes yeah, so we've got Jeffrey Dean Morgan on one side have... and the other side is Uma Thurman Uma yes and and to a lesser degree um, Colin Firth I think you've got some mental block Colin Firth one of my yes. all time favourite human beings so yes um, absolutely so that is a great cast for me yeah just right there and directed by Griffin Dunn at this point you're kind of going yes yes what, and yes what is there not to like about this yeah so um, it's once again set in New York which is very mm-hmm. much the city of rom-coms and, yes, um, it is, isn't it? I hadn't even thought about this before. London sort of gets a sort of sub-city location, but basically the city of rom-coms would appear to be New York. Oh, it definitely is. Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah. Uh, so she, so Uma Thurman is a um, a romantic. Uh, what what would you call it? She's just well, an, she's, she's, she's like a relationship. She's a, she's a DJ, expert. and she ha- she's like a she's like a a um, advice columnist DJ, but she just yeah it gives people advice on romantic problems. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, and um, a love specialist. A, a love specialist. That sounds weird, <laughs> but um, yeah. And she's got this radio phone show, and and bloody blah, blah. And right near the beginning, um, you learn that Jeffrey Dean Morgan is engaged to be married with this with with a with a female, <laughs> <laughs> and he's a down to earth sort of um, uh, very. He's pop- a fireman. Yeah, fireman type, and every man character, but very very jovial, very magnetic, very likable. Yes. Uh, football playing laddish, but just all round good guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anyway, he's then you see this woman who, who's been watching him play football and she phones up Uma Thurman's phone in show and st- let's point out this is uh this is the British version of football. Yeah, oh yeah, soccer, proper soccer. Yes. And um and she she phones up and basically expresses doubts about her relationship with Jeffrey Dean Morgan. And as it happens, yeah. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, by this point, is being driven home from his game of football, soccer, and he hears, recognises her voice, and realises that his wife is now expressing doubts to Uma Thurman. Not only that, but Uma Thurman... Sorry, fiancé, not wife. Sorry, yeah, fiancé. Thank you, dude. And not only that, but Uma Thurman is advising her to break up with him because she's saying these doubts are, you know, are worth splitting up over. So Uma seems to be quite. She seems to be quite sort of um, sure of herself. Sure of herself, but also very formulaic. Almost like she's going right. This, that, this, that, this, this, this. This. She seems to have a set of criteria. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. That, that people don't meet. Yeah, exactly. Um, I agree. And um, <laughs> so that's the initial setup. His relationship is ruined by Uma Thurman. Yes. And then and at some point he decides to drive around the road heckling her from a fire truck. <laughs> oh yeah. The woman who's ditched him. Which really made me want to watch Roxanne. Oh yeah. Oh god, yeah. God I I I remember seeing that at boarding school. Um uh, so the next thing that happens, the next key plot point that we need to get across is that he then goes to a young neighbour called called AJ, who's a sort of young hacker teenager, and <laughs> <laughs> Well he just lives it's it's quite weird. It's like he's gone down. The scene where he goes to see him, you see his apartment's empty, and then there's like some fire escape stairs, and then there's an empty window. So he's gone down to see his buddy. It's like, are you going down to see your mate who lives in the flat below you? Yeah, who's fourteen? Yeah, <laughs> that's quite weird. Anyway, in, in, this is the, the the part of the plot that's possibly the, the sort of hardest to really buy, because <laughs> basically <laughs> AJ hacks into the public records and creates a, a fake. Marriage between yes. himself, this fireman, and, and Uma, Uma Thurman's character, who, as a revenge, as a revenge for her de- destroying his 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 coming nuptials. And yeah. of course, the fact is that Uma Thurman's character is going out with Colin Firth, and they're going to get married. So he's done this. He's basically suddenly made it. So he's married to Uma Thurman. Meanwhile, then the next scene you see is is 
Uma and Colin Firth going to the to get a marriage license, but then being told, no, you can't have a marriage license because you're already married to this chap. So <laughs> sorry, it sounds so ridiculous. <laughs> and, and then, so she starts going, what? No, this is some kind of mistake. And obviously she then starts to track, wants to track down this dude. So she does track him down in a bar. And then there's a scene when they get hammered. And what else do I need to say, dude? Take over they get hammered, yeah. and then obviously, you know, it is, it is, it is. She's very uptight, and she lives in a beautiful place, and she's famous, and he is very laid back and sloppy, and he's a fireman. Mm. And um, you see their relationship, and you know, you think that maybe, well, as as they as their relationship progresses, um, he they he doesn't admit to her that he's done anything, no. but they he says, oh, fine. We get, we'll go to a notary and we'll get it annulled. Yeah, we'll sign the annulment um, papers and stuff. Yes. Yeah. But um, he also starts to make himself a slight nuisance to her and bug her a bit. And she doesn't really get why he's doing it, but she sort of rolls with it. Yeah, because he's a really um, charming dude. And like, there's a there's a particular scene where he sort of accompanies her to a... She started, you know, she's doing the classic sort of pre-wedding things. And there's a bit where she goes to a very posh place where you can taste cake to choose for your wedding party or something. This is quite key, isn't it? And then, and and yeah, him, yeah, he, he basically comes along and he's being all sort of um, you know blue collar type worker about the situation yes. and kind of like eating loads of cake. But he's really charming all the snobby guests uh, around him. One of whom is bloody Isabella Ros- Rossellini. Rossellini, which I was like, my god, it's uh, yeah. I was really surprised to see her. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, but um, I've written down for that scene, and this isn't in any way meant to foreshadow my review. Most horribly, complexly, convoluted, improbable thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, Isabella Rossellini then turns out to be married to a guy who holds the future of Colin Firth's publishing firm in his hand, um, but thinks that Jeffrey Dean Morgan is actually Colin Firth. Yeah, okay, so (laughs) this is... Re, most horribly, completely, convoluted, (laughs) improbable thing ever. So yeah, okay, well, a couple of important things that we need to get across because it's so weirdly complicated <laughs> and convoluted is that, okay, so she's a very successful radio host, Colin Firth is a publisher, and she's about to launch a book that's going to be very successful, but is built on her reputation of being a relationship expert, but it's really important to both her and Colin Firth that it goes well. But because of this scene with Isabella Rossellini, it now starts being a sort of trading places type thing where they have to pretend that she... that. Uh, Jeffrey, what's his name, is her fiance Richard and is in fact a publisher to this German husband of Isabella Rossellini. So he will bankroll Colin Firth's publisher. I mean, is everyone getting confused? If any, is anyone following no, this? Because no, I'm not see, following see, I wrote, okay, let, let, me, let me have another you go this because I wrote this out. <laughs> I, I wrote my notes on this. A woman from the cake tasting where, for some reason. <laughs> Uma Thurman didn't say that she and Jeffrey D. Morgan were friends, is married to a financier who's at a book launch to launch Uma Thurman's book, and she tells her husband... No, she tells Uma Thurman that her husband is going to liquidate Colin Firth's finance company unless he becomes friends with um, Colin Firth, who she thinks is Colin Firth, but actually is Jeffrey D. Morgan. And it can all be saved by... Him meeting her fiance, who isn't for her fiance, it's Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who turns up with annulment papers, and of course is actually married to her by according to a certificate somewhere. Sorry, carry on. And yep. Uma then decides to take him to dinner instead of Colin Firth, and tells Colin Firth, who is totally fine with this. <laughs> well, he's not fine with it, but yes, <laughs> yes. I also wrote at the end of this next note. <laughs> This demeans Colin Firth. And I don't mean his character. I mean his role in this movie Mm. is a sad, sad statement on Colin Firth. Like, it just, I think, I think he signed up to it. I mean, frankly, there's a great pedigree in this, and you could sign up to this going, oh, this would be just great fun. But uh, I do not think that his role did him any justice because there's this whole like trope running through it where he comfort eats and oh yeah it's done that's so, so bad, awfully like every time he gets a bit stressed he starts just ramming food into his mouth like some terrible caricature i totally agree i thought colin, i colin, thought in colin. ways i mean there were some other things vying for worst thing about this film but in ways that was the worst thing about this film and in ways 
I love Colin Firth, but I just don't think actually he was a very good casting choice. I don't know what no. that, something about that trio of actors. I just didn't feel I didn't buy any of it anyway. I mean, obviously it's ridiculous. The whole plot's ridiculous, but the whole plot is so utterly ridiculous. But what 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 I really uh, one thing I really disliked about it is is how like the how Uma. Uma Thurman, for some reason, is a good actress. Not so much, but I mean, Uma Thurman is a good actress. Yeah. But for some reason, this is the worst movie I've ever seen her in because she what she she gets to the point where like when she lets her hair down with Jeffrey Dean Morgan, she's being her. That's great. Mm. But she has to be so uptight when she's with Colin Firth that she plays this caricature of a person that's just so unbelievable. Yeah. I can really deal with it. Well, I mean, we're not really skirting around our reviews. I'm getting a fairly clear idea that you did not like this at all. No, I for some really bizarre reason quite enjoyed it. Oh, well, that's where I'm at. Yeah, because I thought this was utter turd. Awful, but I really quite enjoyed it. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Oh, well, I, thought it was gonna be, I thought it was going to be a disagreement. Oh, that's always disappointing. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. No, yeah, this, no, this no. was such a this was a quite a scarring film to watch in lots of ways, but I couldn't figure out why because I didn't particularly like Uma Thurman's character. I definitely didn't like Colin Firth in it. I found Jeffrey Dean Morgan's kind of every man grinning really irritating. I wanted to punch <laughs> him repeatedly in the face, but I genuinely quite enjoyed it. And by the end of it, I was going, "I'm so into this." Well done, Griffin Dunn. Only an hour and a half long as well. Yes, only an hour and a half, awesome. which is brilliant. Yeah. When Uma's not being with Colin Firth, she's she's very likable. Mm, um, and it is an unbelievably ridiculous <laughs> plot, which sort of ma- which sort of made me quite enjoy it. Yeah, um, tell you what, I quite liked. Um, I really quite liked. Me 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 me. Um, there are two dad. things I really liked about this. I thought her her dad, dad's cracking. I quite enjoyed his character. Yes, there are three. Actually, there are three things I really liked about it. Called her dad. Yeah, it has got one of my favourite. Um, comedy uh sort of side mini characters aj naidu well i was gonna say we've got another friends connection here haven't we because we both love office space jennifer aniston and he's the printer hating hilarity of that film isn't yes he? yeah and he's brilliant in um uh it, bad santa as well yes although i don't like that film as much as you do yes but he is fantastic in that mm, yeah, i agree the, just the yeah. thing is this review has all become a bit sort of uh, all become a bit scattergun, a bit slipshod, a bit all over the shop, and that perfectly reflects the movie because the whole thing is a giant mess. Yeah, yeah, really. But is. it's quite a nice mess. Yeah, and I found it hard to figure out why exactly I was won over by it because, as I say, I found so many elements of it so irritating. But I really was just—I just sort of thought, you know what? I'm just quite enjoying the silliness. I mean, it did have—I thought like the—I enjoyed the New Yorky New Yorkiness of it. I enjoyed yep. the music. I thought the, the you know, the, and every now and then there would be bits of script that I thought was kind of passable. There is a lot, a lot to take pot shots at of this movie. Yeah, definitely. But at the same time, there is an awful lot to like. Yeah, and I think that's actually it. I think at the heart of this is quite a nice, there's a nice uncynical warmth or something that's coming yeah, through. I Maybe d- it's Griffin Dunn. Let's let's say it's um, all down well, to Griffin Dunn. When she's not being a knob, her, the chemistry between her and Jeffrey Dean Morgan is actually quite sweet. Yeah. There there aren't as many horrible banana skins as you think. Hmm. And when he takes her to that Indian sort of bar mitzvah ceremony, that whole sequence is actually quite nicely done. It has that sort of, that has a real magical realism quality to it, hmm. which good rom-coms, you know, I, I love LA Story and that whole movie is you know, magical realism, and it just sort of translates well there, sort of a little bit. And yeah, I I, I couldn't analyze it. I couldn't tell you what it is, but I watched it and went, oh, "I'm quite glad I saw that." Yeah, I think I feel the same. I feel the same. I I can't, unlike my film, I don't know whether I necessarily will watch this one again. Um, no, but equally, I'm, I could maybe imagine sticking it on or not turning it off straight away. But I yeah, think... there's a really strange moment at the end. I'm going to say this, by the way, that mm. I made a special note of this. Um, she calls off at the wedding to Colin Firth at the last minute. Well, actually, Colin Firth calls it off because he realises that it's never going to be a good idea. And then she sort of goes out and tells the wedding guests that it's off. And then she snogs Jeffrey Dean Morgan in front of everyone. And you're like, surely half the guests at the wedding are Colin Firth's mates. <laughs> no, are they annoyed. not going to be livid? <laughs> surely... It's not just all her friends who are happy for her, no matter what happens. A bunch of them are his mates who are going. Um, so that's 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 my that's my child. <laughs> what are you doing? You're snogging that fireman. There was um, quite a lot of worst line material here, wasn't there? 
There was. I, awfully, hmm. um, have not got good at my notes for the worst line, best best line, worst line. So I'm just going to have to leave this one up to you. Oh, well, don't worry. I mean, I haven't got a really s- strong clunker as my worst line, but because of that sort of bit, the end of... Um, Four weddings and a funeral where, you know, the is it raining? I hadn't noticed. I hadn't noticed, yeah. Um, there's a bit when she turns up at his place. Remember, he's a fireman and she says, it's raining. I figured you'd have the day off. I just oh. I thought that was a bit lame. Yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah, and it had a few good lines, but nothing that really blew me away. But just, I just, they were, you know, they were, that's what I mean. It wasn't terrible and clunky all the way through. Every now and then there was lines that was really good. I thought, as I say, that her dad character, who was a, he's cracking, a trouble, yeah. you know, a, a character with, with skeletons, should we say. And I just thought he was really quite good. Sam Shepard, I think it was the actor who played him. I think it might be Sam Shepard. Yeah. 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 And um, yeah, and just, there were some funny lines every now and then. And I just thought, oh, yeah. It's surprising. I'm quite pleased we both liked it. I yeah. really enjoy yeah, rom-coms, so dude. This has been fun. Yes, me too. But th- I think this this does speak to the corpus that we both do quite like a good rom-com. I mean, seriously, I could I could reel off a whole smorgasbord of um of rom-coms that I that I could just spend the entire day just smashing through. Well, and going back to what I said near the beginning, what I'm so pleased about is that last time we did rom-coms, yes, we came away with the boyfriend school that we both really liked that uh, that Steve Gutenberg movie. But the point is. We, I didn't enjoy my other rom-com experience. It wasn't oh, I proper really rom-com. hated mine. Yeah, exactly. This time, Life Without Dick is still one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Exactly. All However, three films this time have been rom-coms. Absolutely. No, good, good, good choice. Well done. I am going to just put in a little word for, if it's still there, I think it is, go and watch The Boyfriend School. Yes. Yes. Because that's still one of the most starkly brilliant bits of eighties <laughs> lunatic rom comery that you are ever going to see. It is it's really bizarre and really. I might actually go and watch that again after this. <laughs> yeah. I was hoping for another boyfriend school when we lined these three up. I but... really, I looked so hard for them, yeah. but they just, they, you know, we struck unusual gold there. Mm. Still, I don't know. Would you recommend this movie? Would you recommend? Um, uh, whatever the hell this is called. Accidental, accidental Husband. No, husband. I would actually. I was thinking about this. And although I enjoyed Accidental Husband, despite it, and would enthuse about it as much as I have, I think I would recommend Maid of Honor over Accidental Husband. I think that's been our that's been our premium recommendation. We haven't really scored um, uh, this movie. I've just forgotten the, the accidental title. Husband again. Too. The accidental Husband. <laughs> I'm going to go C minus. Um, it's 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 not quite bad enough to be. I, I enjoyed it way more than um, a D plus. Yeah, I'm going to go with C minus, but with quite a lot of love. C minus with a lot of love. Yeah. Yeah. So look, if it's on, give it a go. Yeah. See what you think. Um, I think 20 minutes in, I really hated you for making me watch it, and by the end <laughs> of it, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm kind of in the same place. Yeah. I still yeah. want to watch Aloha though. Yes, yeah, so do I. Maybe we could just do that, you know, for sport. Yay! Yay to rom coms. Anyway. Yay to rom coms. Hooray! What are we going to do next? Well, that's a very, very good question. I'm not going to give us a genre, and I'm not. I haven't picked a film. Right. Well, thanks, dude. <laughs> See you next time. Um, but what the idea that I did get? Yeah. Is that we're going to look at three connected movies? It could well be something like Sharknado One Two Three, or oh, okay. Turbulence One Two Three if Turbulence does come on, or something like that. I think that I think we're going to go down this route okay. of um, three three films. Okay. Yeah, th- sequels essentially, sequels, prequels, threequels, whatever whatever we're looking at um some kind of connected do... trilogy okay we've never done a connected trilogy before and i think that's where we should go but i don't want to spin this down to a genre yet because i haven't sort of like raped through enough of the uh the ashes of netflix no good idea no let, let's let's not tie ourselves down but yeah okay oh that sounds good i'm excited yeah that sounds fun mm. i really enjoyed that but that time when we just did sequels and we just chose sequels from three different genres was really fun so yeah i don't know doing it a bit different this sounds good Yes, love it. Great, I'm glad you approve. Yeah, I do. Well, that's where we're going to be next time around. If you want to join us, try and subscribe. Subscribing's nice. It means we just pop into your uh, your listening device without you even having to look for it. No, exactly. So subscribe. You know what? You could also, if you're enjoying this, write us a review. iTunes, anywhere. I pretty much the most the iTunes on the Stitcher. You can, do, you can do a review on the Stitcher. And don't forget to get in touch. We watch anything at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. At we watch anything. 
and the other one is uh, the Facebook page, facebook.com slash wewatchanything. Get hold of us, go and check out some other pods on the Brit Pod scene, and uh, basically just keep listening to as much stuff as you can possibly shove into your ears, and we will cycle back through that with a quickness, as they say, um, in certain parts of the hood. I've been, I've been nodding throughout you saying all this, but of course that does very nodding, well for nodding doesn't media. translate very well, does it? No, I could fix, I could fix a bell to your forehead. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, okay. Right. We're we saying bye-byes then. We are. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening. Hope dudes. you enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, check out check out some rom-coms and uh, we'll be back next time with uh, a triple bill of something or other. Fantastic. Nice. Bye, dude. Bye, everyone.